what we have experienced um, in, in, in the, the honouring of the Higginbotham's. I love what we experienced in the baptism because for me, everything that we experience in our walk and in life is an invitation from God. It's an invitation for something for us. And at Christmas time, I think this embodies an invitation, yeah? It embodies a, a, an absolute invitation. And I want to have a look at that today because we're so close to celebrating the birth of Jesus and the more I look at that, the more I realise that this whole day, this whole celebration, this Christmas day is this invitation. And so let's just pray quickly. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you want to say, what you want to do. We thank you for what we've experienced. Most importantly, God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the way that you speak to people. We thank you for the words that you've given others, the pictures that, that we may be able to encourage and strengthen those around us. And we just pray, Lord, that this day we would walk away with a word that strengthens and encourages us, that doesn't leave us the same way as we walked in, that we would walk out more like your son, Jesus, that we will walk out having encountered and experienced your love, that we might share that with those that are around us. We thank you for this time of year. And importantly, God, we thank you, Lord, for today. And we give you all the glory. And all these people said, Amen. Amen. All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's have a look at John in chapter 3, and this is a really exceptionally well-known um, verse, by the way, that we all know it. We don't, we, I think sometimes when we read it, we, we have already a perceived idea about it. But John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave, he gave, he gave his one and only son. So for me, it's no surprise that at Christmas, you know, the act of giving is really big on the agenda, yeah? Call it commercial if you like. Daddy started it. He started it. It's his fault, yeah? He gave. So what do we do? We give and we go, oh, look, we've got to buy all these presents. Well, you don't have to buy all those presents. But you should give something because that was the example that he set, yeah? He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. He gave. And here comes the invite, everyone who believes. Often when we think of John 3.16, we, we talk about it around Easter. We, we talk about the fact that he gave his son who then went and died on a cross, Yeah? But we, we rushed through the whole part that he gave his son. He actually took his son and in the form of a baby, he gave his son to us, to you and I. And I think sometimes we've got to slow up and we've got to recognise what, what's going on in that giving. Yeah. See, he gives us a gift and then it's everyone who believes in him. There's an invitation there for us to believe. There's an invitation there for us to do something more. Um, yes, it's an invitation to accept the Saviour, but there's more to it than that. Think about it for a moment. God sent his son, born in human flesh, as a vulnerable baby. We talked about this a few weeks ago, didn't we? But what do you and I do when we go to the hospital and we visit friends and family who have given birth and have got a baby? What do we do? Seriously, what do we do? <gasps> oh, look at the baby. Good look. Oh, like seriously, don't we all just like, we become babies ourselves, don't we? Like, look, if you're going in there 
and you're stoic and strong, talk to me later, we'll pray for you, you know? Because generally we're going in there and it's okay to laugh in church. You go in there and you see this baby and it's like, oh my goodness. And we're ooing and we're ahhing. Oh, they're beautiful. Like every woman, what a beautiful baby. The truth is not all babies are beautiful, but that's another story, yeah? You say, oh, look at the beautiful. And then once we've ooed and ahhed, what do we do? Think about it, what do we do? Can I? Is, is it okay? You sure? All right. And then you pick up the baby. Yeah? You pick up the baby. I hope there's money in this bag. You pick up the baby. And then once you've picked up the baby, then you, you, hold, you hold the baby, don't you? You hold, and you start staring, you know, with those eyes that are thinking, oh, they're just so beautiful. We should have one, honey. You know, like, like seriously, don't we? Do, regardless of age, we become clucky and, and, and we ooh and ah over this baby. You know, at this time of year, <laughs> at this time of year, Christmas time, it's a reminder, it's an invitation of what God has set before us. It's an invitation for us to pick up baby Jesus. Yeah, not just Christians, but the unchurched. Those that don't know, it's an invitation to pick up and then hold. See, the, 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 there's... There's, there's more commitment in a hold. Because you can pick up a baby and go, oh, look, what a beautiful baby. Oh, they're lovely. And you hand them back. Anyone ever done that? Yeah, come on. You pick them up. Oh, they're beautiful. And you're about to hold and then something. Oh, they're lovely. Yeah. But the invitation is there for us to pick up the baby and then to do something more permanent, to hold the baby. Now, this baby happens to be the Son of God. This baby happens to be the Saviour of the world. And God sends this baby and gives us an invitation for us to do something. Yeah? For us to do something. See, we're invited at that moment to speak to God, to the baby. We're invited in that moment to build a relationship with him. In the same way, we start to build a relationship with the babies that we visit of our friends and family, don't we? Christmas is an invitation to make him a part of our lives. We're five days away from the ultimate invitation to make him a part of our lives. And it's an invitation where we invite him into our life, yeah? But it's also an invitation to see, for those of us that have been around a little bit longer and jogged around the block or two, not for a while, but you know, for, for those of us to then take that invitation and then to be real and say, How's my relationship really going? Hey, Lord, how's my relationship really going? You, you know if you've got a good relationship with your children or not, don't you? Your grandkids, your nephews, we know. So there's this dual invitation, one to invite him in, but one to God invites us now to look and see, how's this relationship travelling? The stuff that we experienced this morning... For Tim and Felicity and family, there's an invitation from God that says, okay, now you're ready to step into the next. It's an invite. God doesn't drag you places. For the guys that got into the baptismal water, they heard the teaching. Then there was an invite. 
what will you do with that? There's an invite. There's an invite in everything that we do. And the more I look at it, our whole life, the stuff that we go through, the highs and the lows, the peaks and the troughs, the good and the bad, they're invitations to invite Jesus into every part. yeah. And they're invitations to stop and to look back and go, how is this relationship traveling? How's it really going? See, that's why the scripture says in Revelation 3.20, in Revelation um, chapter 3, it says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together as friends. Now, I don't know about you, but I can give you a myriad of different believers across the globe who talk about this in relation to salvation. You know what? I don't reckon it's that. I actually think it's more than that. I think it's deeper than that. See, I think it's an open invitation to have Jesus in every part of our life. Because it says, if you open the door, I'll share a meal with you as friends, together as friends. It's not a one-time invitation, yeah? It's a constant invitation. So it can't just be, open the door and I'll come in and I'll be your saviour and it's done. It's more than that. Because... How do I know that? It's really easy because he says, I'll have a meal with you as a friend, yeah? Do you do friend, friend in one day? Do you do a friend in one day? Can you be a friend in one day? Or is a friend for life? Most cases, yeah? Friends are for lifetimes. They're for journey. So when this scripture says, if you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. For me, it's not talking about salvation. That happens once and then you've got to make a decision to walk in it. This is talking about an everyday invitation to be our friend. An everyday invitation to walk and talk with us, yeah? You can hear it in the text. If you hear, if you hear, if you hear. If the person on your left, on your right hears, if I hear, if I open the door, it's an invitation. So the Lord never forces his way into any area of your life. He pushes and prods, but he doesn't force. If you hear, if you open, he presents himself and he puts the invite out. And the rest of it's up to us. The rest of it's up to us. If you hear, what's that really saying? If you hear my voice. It's an invitation for us to see where our relationship's at with God. What are we hearing? Are we hearing from him? How are we travelling from him? Is he still speaking into our lives? You know, is he directing our lives? If we hear, it's an invitation for us to look back and truly be transparent and look in to how it's going. Can I still hear his voice? And then it says, if you open, well, that's an invitation to let him in. And again, it's not a one-time salvation call to let him in. It's an invitation to let him into every part of your life. So I wonder for us in this place right here today, how much have we missed because we've missed the invitation? How much have we missed because we've missed the invitation? How many people have not been baptised because they've missed the invitation? How many people have not stepped into their tomorrow because they've missed the invitation? You know, Revelation goes on in chapter 3, verse 21, and it says, Those who are victorious will sit on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. 
Those who were victorious, just as I was victorious. So Jesus was God. This follows on from verse 20. So this isn't talking about Jesus' salvation, is it? No? So we'll get the context right from the beginning. <laughs> it's not talking about his salvation. He's not talking about saying yes to the Father. Remember, this scripture straight after verse 20. Jesus himself goes on to say in John 5.19, and I'll paint a picture. In John 5.19, it reads, So Jesus explained, I'll tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Now watch this. What is it that he was victorious in? He can see what the Father's doing. Verse 20 says, if you hear my voice and if you open the door. Verse 21 then continues on and says, those who are victorious will sit on the throne just like I'm victorious. And then we just read in John that he says, I only do what I see my Father doing. So what was it that he was victorious in? And the hearing. He, he grabbed the invite. In every area of Jesus' life, he was able to hear the Father. In every area of his life, everything that he went through, from the good times to the bad, from the eating, from the walking to the fishing, to the beatings, every area, everything he went through, he still was able to hear the Father and he was still able to open his heart to allow the Father to do what the Father needed to do. So when it says that he's victorious and sitting on the throne, he's victorious in accepting the invitation to bring in the Father. He's victorious in hearing God. See, everything about Jesus is about the relationship with the Father. Everything here is an invitation to us to have that same type of relationship that Jesus had. And Jesus could only see what the Father was doing because he invited him into every area of his life. And so when he invited him into the beatings, he would hear from God and he would know how to act. He would know what to say or what not to say like a lamb led to the slaughter. Because the Father spoke to him. Because he could hear the Father because he invited him into every area of his life. That's why when we get to the cross in Matthew 27, 46, it says about three o'clock, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, if I'm pronouncing it correct for those theologians out there, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? See, on the cross, Jesus wanted daddy. On the cross, he wanted the Father. And in that moment in his life, there was invitations. There was invitations to go, to go out because he wanted the Father there. It was an invitation from the Father to see how his relationship was going. Because everything we go through, the, the Father invites us to look in and truly see how relationship's going. Because you know how your relationship's going by how you act. Yeah? yeah. Hear that? You know how your relationship's going with the Father by how you act. All right. Now, in this point, he cries out to God like he has every other time in his ministry. But this time, Papa's not there. He cries out and he says, why have you forsaken me, God? Why have you forsaken me? For the first time in his human life, God the Father is not part of what God the Son's going through. For the first time. And so for the first time in Jesus' life, he's looking at the relationship he has with his father, the invite to see how he's travelling in his storm. And God's not there. 
Now, I don't know about you. I know he was fully God man. Fully God and fully man. So I reckon, I suggest, I'll put it out there, that at that moment, he would have been like, Daddy, where are you? What have I done wrong? Man, I thought we were tight. I thought we were close. Because we're created in his image and none of us ever think that, do we? Yeah? At that moment, if you hear, he couldn't hear. If you open, God wasn't coming. Yeah? And that, that scripture in Matthew 27 for me is a beautiful example. As trying as it is to get your hand around it, it's a beautiful example from Father God because he's showing us that he wants to be part of everything that we go through and that even in what Jesus is going through, there's an invitation there. So Jesus would never have cried out, where are you, God, if he wasn't always in relationship with the Father. He would never have cried out, where have you gone, Lord, if he wasn't always hearing. He would never have said, where have you gone? Where are you at this time? If he wasn't always opening up his heart and inviting his dad into everything he went through. God is showing us in that space what we're supposed to do. See, Genesis 3.9, Genesis 3.9, I want to give you some examples of this because it's all about invitation. God's really easy. It's not about going to seminary. It's not about going to Bible college. It's not about doing, getting your masters and writing books. It's not about any of that. That stuff's good for knowledge, yeah? But everything about our faith is an invitation. People that go to Bible college only go because they hear the invitation for them. And then they ask where God's in it for them. If God's not in it, then don't go. So then it's just knowledge. Genesis 3.9 says, Then the Lord called to the man, Where are you? So he's Adam. He's made a mistake. He's taken, he's eaten of the forbidden fruit, and he's hiding. Adam is hiding. Now God's God. Don't you think God knows where he is? Seriously. Don't you think God knows where he is? Man, God knows where he is. God doesn't have moment, blonde moments. For those that are blonde, I apologise in advance. You know, just my way of trying to depict. He doesn't have moments where he thinks, oh, I didn't see that one coming. Wow, that caught me by surprise. You know, God doesn't have those moments. He surprises us. But, you know, at the end of the day, we don't surprise him because he knows. He's pleasantly surprised when we do stuff. But it's not like, yeah, you caught me out there. It's not like that with God. So God knows where Adam is, yet he cries out, where are you? This is where it really gets good because right here in this moment is an invitation. Right here in this moment, as God cries out, where are you to Adam? It's an invitation from God to Adam to really look and see where he's at. To be vulnerable with God. yeah, To be transparent with the Father. To look deeply at his relationship. To see if he's still hearing. And he could have said, he could have said, hey God, I'm over here. I stuffed up. Man, I made a mistake, God. I heard you cry out and I, I made a mistake. There was an invitation for him to put it on the table. 
what does he do? He hides. And then he says, He misses the invitation to build a relationship with the Father. He misses the invitation to go deeper than he's ever gone because of shame. How often have we stuffed up like Adam, you and I? Seriously. And God calls out to us, where are you, Andrew? Where are you, Laurie? Where are you, Sarah? Where are you? We go, yeah, we're here, we're good. I only got angry because of her. If it wasn't for my kids, that stupid driver was their fault. He cries out to us, where are we? So that we can be honest and open and vulnerable with him. So we can lay it on the table and go, God, I've stuffed up. I struggled with that. Man, I, I drank too much. I watched pornography, whatever it might be, so we can be vulnerable and open and honest with him. It's an invitation. But our relationship with him will stay here if we never hear the invite to go deeper. How often have we missed the invitation to deeply look at our faith? Hey, God, I'm sorry I've gossiped. Where are you, Andrew? I was, I was gossiping, God. Like, seriously. I was talking about that person and this person. I did that. I thought that about them. You know, like, how often do we miss it? How often do we miss the opportunity to invite Papa, Father God, into what we're going through because we're embarrassed to share it with him? Adam was embarrassed. He missed the invitation. If only we could grab the invitation when we make mistakes. If we hear, if we open, it's a gentle voice. Genesis 3.11 goes on and says, Who told you that when you, you, know, you were naked? It says, Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Who told you that? It's an invitation to look deeply at what we're believing. Who told you you're not good enough? Who told you you're not beautiful? Who told you you're not smart enough? Who told you that you don't fit in? Who told you that you're not liked? Who told you that? I'll never get in that course. I applied for that job. I'll never get it. They're better than me. No one loves me. I just keep screwing up. Look at me, God. I'm unlovable. I'm strange. I don't fit in. And in the middle of that life situation and those crippling thoughts, there's this little voice that says, if you hear, if you open, waiting for us to invite him in right there, yeah? Inviting us to look deeply at our relationship with him. So he can say to us, who told you that, Andrew? Who told you that? I didn't tell you that. Who told you that? Aren't you hearing me? So many of us go through seasons and circumstances every day. And daddy just wants to invite us 
and wants us to invite him into every nook and cranny, every dark and lonely place, every situation, every laughter, every joke, every movie. Because when we do that, then we'll start to see what he sees and do what he does and thinks how he thinks. He invites us to invite him. It's all about invitations. What about Luke chapter 8, verse 22? One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross the, uh, to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filled with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. And then in verse 25, he says, Then he asked them, Where is your faith? I love this passage. The disciples are so scared that they wake Jesus. But we miss the beauty that's hidden in this passage of Scripture. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for us to do the miraculous in our storm. It's an invitation for us to do greater things than he did. How do you know that? How can you say that when you read that? Well, it's really easy. Because after he calmed the storm, Jesus turns to them and says, Where's your faith? Where's your faith? You missed the invitation. You missed it. You're in the middle of the storm. And you missed it. Praise God that they cried out to him, that they invited him in. But they missed the deeper reckoning of their faith. They missed the deeper relationship that was there for them. Right in the middle of their storm, the invite was there to step out in faith. Yet they were overwhelmed and afraid at where they found themselves. How many times have you and I missed the invite? to step out in faith because we're afraid and overwhelmed where we find ourselves. Papa just wants us to invite him into every area and into every storm. And that storm could could be your relationship. It could be the relationship between you and your children. It, it, it could be stuff that's happening at work. It, it, it could be a storm of raising children where two kids are looking great and one's not so great or one's looking great and the other 25 are running amok. I don't know what your storm is. I have my own storms. Amen. I'm not the Messiah. I know for some of you, you no, really? We have our storms. And the invite for us is to step out and do the miraculous. But it's all by invitation. He doesn't push you out of the boat. If we hear, we open. Psalm 23.5 is beautiful. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. He prepares a table in advance. Yeah, In the presence of our enemies. Now, if this isn't an invitation, I don't know what is. Right there's an invitation for us that no matter what we face, no matter what the enemy is in our life, then we can sit at the table with God, with our enemies, bringing him to the table with the very enemies that we're facing. But are we going to miss it? Are we going to do an Adam? Where are you, Adam? Are we going to hide? 
right there's an invitation that no matter what we face, we can sit at the table with Jesus in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of our troubles, vulnerable, transparent. That's tough, Pastor. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it is. It's really tough and it's a journey. It's a journey that I'm still journeying through, learning to sit with Jesus, facing the enemies in our lives, anxiety, trauma, yeah? Man, depression, financial strain, enemies that are coming at you, memories of the past, thoughts and words that were spoken over your life. Our place is already set. All we have to do is sit there with our enemies surrounding us, with the Lord. It's an invite. It's an invite. If we hear, if we open, he will sit and share a meal with us as friends. Yeah? It's all about relationship. And it's all based on invitations to do life together with him. See, our theme as Mount Clear Church for 2016 is really easy. It's one word. You're going to get this? Grab hold of it. It'll change your life next year. Here's our theme for next year. Together. In case you missed it, let me explain it to you again. It's the word together. That together we will engage with our God. That together we will do life. That together we will be family. That together we'll reach the community. That together we will love one another. That together we will make a difference. Together. If we hear the invitations to listen, yeah? If we open the invitations to invite him in. You know, Revelation in 20, verse 22 just says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Could it be that everything that Papa is saying, everything that he desires and everything that he longs for his church and, and his people is all found in an invitation to come? We sang it this morning. Come, all you faithful. Come. It's an invitation. Invitation to invite him in. And an invitation once he's there to look back and say, God, how am I really travelling here? I got angry today. Why did I get angry today? I, I was jealous of that person today. Why did I get jealous? Daddy, why was I like that? Why did I react like that? Why didn't I celebrate with that person when they rolled up with their new car? I'm just saying stuff, yeah? It's an invitation for us to sit with God and see how we're tracking, to invite him in. He calls us to come and encounter and experience his love and his heart. He calls us to come and pick him up at Christmas time. He calls us to come and to hold him, this baby Jesus, yeah? An invitation. Now, God is looking for a people to carry a revival, isn't he? And I know that one encounter with God can change our life forever. But often it doesn't unless we hear the invitation. Saul had an encounter with God. He's walking up the mountain. Prophets were prophesying. He started prophesying. Yet he was unchanged. He couldn't carry a revival. He still chased after David. King David has an encounter with God when he slays a bear and a lion. 
But it wasn't just an encounter, it was a transformation. And God can give that revival to David and David carried it for a generation. You and I, there's an invite out there for us to open up and to hear, to ask God into every area of our life and to be truly vulnerable with who we are and how our relationship with, is with him because he's not looking for a revival that runs for two years or three or four or five like most of them. He's looking for a generation of people that will encounter him and be transformed in their relationship so that you can carry a revival for a generation yeah. next year together. We're going to be transformed together. We're going to journey together. We're going to do stuff together. We're going to do life with him together. So why don't we all stand? This Christmas, my challenge to you is to say, will you accept the invite? Will you hear what he has to say to you? My challenge is, will you open and invite him into every area, into every storm, even the stuff that you're embarrassed about, in front of every enemy, even the enemies that you don't want anyone to know about, will you invite him in? Because he needs you not just to, to encounter, but to be transformed, to carry a revival that's going to change the nations, that's going to affect Ballarat that's going to change Mount Clear and Mount Helen and Bunningyong and Mount Pleasant and Brown Hill and every other part yeah. of our community. Amen? Yeah. Will you invite him into everything and allow him to transform you? 2016 is the year of together, together with Papa, with Father God and together with each other. If we will hear and if we will open, yeah? So why don't we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this warm day. We thank you for warm air. We thank you that we're still alive even in this heat. And God, we thank you for the brilliance of air conditioning. But God, today we thank you for you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the examples, God, through the Bible. We thank you, Lord, that we can see that you want to be a part of our every, every part of our life. I thank you, God, that in every situation, Lord God, there's an invite to invite you in. Lord, in everything we deal with with our kids, there's an invite to bring you there. Every situation at work, there's an invite to bring you in there. Everything at home with our loved ones, God, Everything that we experience, every emotion, Father, every storm that we travel through, Lord, you invite us to invite you in. And God, there's an invite there for us to truly look deeply at our relationship with you, to see how we're behaving, how we're tracking. Father, to see, Lord, if there's more that we, Lord, more that we can become like you just to invite you into places. God, this day I pray that we as a people, as a church, would invite you in, that we would be changed forevermore, that we would see people walk into the waters of baptism and come out brand new because they've heard your invite, that we would see families step out, Lord, into their tomorrow because they've heard your call and heard your invite, that we would see men and women walking into this place, discovering you and discovering family because, Lord, in it all, we're living out of the invite that you've given us. So, Father, this Christmas we say thank you. Thank you for the gift of your son. Lord, thank you for that baby that we pick up. Thank you for that baby that we hold. Thank you for that baby that we cherish. Thank you for that God, the Saviour that we love. 
And Father, this day, pour your blessing upon every family. Give us safe travels, God, wherever we might be over the next month. Help us to have fun with our friends and our family. I pray, God, there's not a lonely soul in this place that somewhere family would reach out, family would touch, and family would restore. So, Lord God, we bless you. We give you all the glory and all the honour. We thank you for what we've experienced today and all these people in this house said. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful warm day. And don't forget Christmas Day, that's right, 9.30. If you're around, we'd love to see you.